The Guardian. This is Cressida Cow for Guardian Children's Books podcast, reading How to Train Your Viking by Toothless the Dragon, translated from the Dragonese by Cressida Cowell. Chapter One, a hunting competition. One summer's evening when I was a dragon so young I had left the egg only five or six years before, ten Viking boys from the tribe of the hairy hooligans stood on a wild and lonesome beach on the wild and lonesome Isle of Burke. These ten boys were on the pirate training programme and standing in front of them was their teacher, an enormous hairy warrior called Gobber the Belch. Gobber had a helmet with horns that curled like a stag and, like most hooligans, a brain the size of a tadpole. Perched on the shoulder of each boy was a dragon. Some were shielding themselves from the wind with their wings, others were hunched like bad-tempered ravens. These dragons were hunting dragons and about the size of dogs. Hunting dragons come in many different breeds. There were everyday common or garden dragons with the standard forked tongue and pointy tail and fat mustard-brown gronkles with horns like a rhinoceros and teeth like kitchen knives. There were a few shiny, slippery slitherhawks with watchful eyes and short tempers and a friendly, spotted basic brown who was chewing the cud as she sat. There was even one enormous, blood-red, monstrous nightmare rippling with muscles and extra-sharp talons. Monstrous nightmares think they are the best breed of all and they don't half fancy themselves and put on airs. I was there too, snuggled down the shirt of my master, Hiccup Horrendous Haddock III, the heir to the tribe of the hairy hooligans, curled up tight under his shirt where it was all nice and cosy. But nobody was quite sure what breed I was. I looked rather like a common or garden with a wart on the end of my nose, but of course I was far too special to be such an ordinary dragon. I had been asleep for some time, but it was difficult to doze when Gobber was shouting his gob off and his mad yelling had woken me up. OK then, you miserable pieces of shrimp vomit! yelled Gobber the Belch at the boys. He always talked like that. This is the hunting competition you've been waiting for. In ten minutes' time, it will be completely dark. I want you to set out in your boats and see how many fish your dragon can catch you in half an hour. This is a test of how well you have trained your dragon by yelling at it. For in the dark, your dragon will only be able to hear your voice. These boys, you see, were learning to be hairy hooligans, and hairy hooligans trained dragons to hunt fish for them and pull down deer for them. Basically, we dragons did all the work while they stood around yelling at us. Well, Hiccup is going to be even more useless at this than he is at everything else, sneered Snotface Snotlout, a tall boy with skull tattoos and a face like a pig. Hiccup can't yell for toffee. This was true. My master, Hiccup, wasn't a great yeller. He was a small, freckly, skinny boy and he was surprisingly polite for a Viking. But Hiccup had a very unusual gift. He spoke Dragonese, the language we dragons speak to one another. I don't need to yell, do I, Toothless? Hiccup whispered to me in Dragonese. We're right on top of this hunting business. You're going to catch more fish than Snotlight has ever seen in his entire life, aren't you? 
well, yeah, yes, said I, a bit uncertain-like, but licking his face. I am a truly magnificent hunter, despite being just a bit smaller than the other dragons. Uh, <coughs> Editor's note, Toothless was the smallest hunting dragon anybody had ever seen before or since. However, today I had this feeling that there might be some reason why this might not work. I just couldn't quite remember what the reason was. Chapter 2 A Proper Viking doesn't speak to dragons. Silence! yelled Gobber the Belch, glowering at us like a bull in a bad mood. I do hope, Hiccup, that I didn't hear you speaking to your animal in that filthy language, Dragonese! He spat out the word like it was a bad whelk. We yell at our dragons! Yell at them, Hiccup! And Dragonese is banned by order of your father, Stoic the Vast, to hear whose name and tremble, Ugg Ugg! Yes, sir muttered Hiccup sadly. He hated anyone mentioning his father. Stoic the Vast was the chief of the tribe. He was six foot seven and good at everything, and he expected his son to be the same. Now, let me get this absolutely clear, said Fishlegs, Hiccup's best friend. You want us to go out to sea in our boats when the sun is going to go down in ten minutes' time and get our dragons to hunt for fish in total darkness? You've got it, Fishlegs! roared Gobber the Belch happily. Oh, moaned Fishlegs. Fishlegs was even skinnier than Hiccup and he had asthma and a squint. There could be all sorts of monsters out there in the darkness. Sea dragons, shark worms, dark breathers. Oh, don't be so ridiculous, Fishlegs, yelled Gobber. Don't you know that a Viking never, ever gets frightened? Honestly, Fishlegs, sometimes I wonder whether you and Hiccup are Vikings at all. Fishlegs and Hiccup look miserable. OK, Gobber continued, you have half an hour starting from now and the boys who bring back the most fish will be named most promising hunters and will have no homework for the next three weeks. Yay, cheered the boys. And the boys who bring back the least fish will be named most hopeless goats and will have to give the dragon toilets a thorough clean-out. Yucky, groaned the boys. The dragon toilets were in a big pit just to the west of the village and they were very smelly and disgusting. I never went there myself, far too pongy and revolting for me. I always tried to find a nice, warm, private spot to do a poo. In the middle of Stoic's The Fast Bed, for example, or just behind the door of Valhallarama's food cupboard. As you can imagine, this often got my master into trouble. I will light a bonfire on the beach so that you can find your way home in the dark. Right, boomed Gobber the Belch. Find yourself a partner and get going. Learning to speak Dragonese. Dragonese can be rather embarrassing to speak because there are lots of odds, sounds and accents like whistling, clicking and strange low farting noises. Here are some common Dragonese phrases. Pishu na flicker flame da bomb support. Please do not set fire to the chair. Grab claw de stink fish or me do de heebie-jeebies. Just hunt me a haddock or I'm really gonna lose it. Hoodie wobbledy guts in de bath juice de mama. 
Who has been sick in my mother's bathwater? Bath time. When a dragon has spent the whole day in a mud wallow and they then want to curl up in your bed, you have no option. You have to give them a bath. Good luck. Dragon. Me na wash de bum. Me na wash de face. Me na wash de claws. Me na splishy oody slashy at all. Which means I do not want a bath. You're going to have to be cunning now and use psychology. You. Na bath time ever, never, ever, never. Me repeaty, now bath time, ever never. On no account are you to get in to the bath. Dragon, whining, me wanty splishy splashy. Which means, I want to go in the bath. You, okie dokie, just one time. Which means, all right, just then, this once. Hoodie, drunken de bath juice. Which means, who has drunk up the bath water? Toilet training. The time has come to toilet train your dragon. You're going to have to be very patient about this. Here are some phrases you might find useful. You. Toothless. Tarcoglet me wanty tarcatcag in de guinquo crapspot. Which means, toothless, you know I want you to poo in the dragon toilets. Toothless. Oh, yesy, yesy, me coglet. Which means, oh yes, yes, I know. You, pointing at large poo in the middle of Stoic's bed. Erg, questa, sa, which means, so what then is this? Pause, toothless, hopefully, um, um, chocolate snick snack, which means, uh, a chocolate biscuit. You, snot a chocolate snick snack, it's a cat cat, it's a cat cat, it's a chocolate snack, in the green cork, quats pop, but oopla bang splosh in the middling, the sleepy slab, the papa. Which means, this isn't a chocolate biscuit, it's a poo. It's one of your poos, Toothless, and it isn't in the dragon toilets. It's right bang splat in the middle of my father's bed. Chapter 3. Snotlout and Dog's Breath the Durbrain. The boys started running towards the six small boats that were drawn up onto the beach. But before they could get there, Hiccup got stripped up by Snotface Snotlout and Fishlegs' face was ground into the sand by Dog's Breath the Durbrain. Losers! yelled Snotlout as the bullies ran off laughing. Fireworm, Snotlout's dragon, sneered at me before she flapped off. You won't catch any fish at all after what happened this afternoon. Now, this was giving me a very bad feeling all over again. What had happened this afternoon? I was still feeling a little confused after my nap and I couldn't quite remember. By the time Hiccup and Fishlegs reached their boat, the hopeful Puffin, the sun was sinking fast and all the other five boats were way out in the bay with their dragons, out fishing like crazy. Fireworm, in particular, we could see diving again and again. What a show-off. No problem, said Fishlegs, in between shivers as my master Hiccup and he started paddling out to join everybody else. Toothless could catch them up. Toothless may be a right pain at the bottom, but waistline of woes and he can sure catch fish. In the last two weeks, I've never seen anything like it. He is a truly gifted hunting dragon. I ignored the bit about being a pain in the bottom. What could Fishlegs be talking about? And I started swelling up with pride. It's, it's tr true, I said. T to toothless, marvellous. To toothless, brilliant. Toothless, the best. Hiccup said nothing. We had reached the fishing grounds by now. 
Hiccup rolled up his sleeve and put out his arm. I hopped onto it, still crowing. Toothless, glorious, toothless, hunting genius, cock a doodle do! I gloated. Hiccup interrupted me. Toothless, he asked seriously in Dragonese. What did happen this afternoon? I stopped. I looked into my master's worried blue eyes and I suddenly remembered. Chapter 4. What happened that afternoon? That afternoon, four hours earlier, I was having a lovely time chasing rabbits when suddenly from a bush ten metres away there came the sound of slow clapping. I turned around and it was Snatlout's dragon Fireworm who was clapping her wings together. Fireworm is a bright red monstrous nightmare dragon who thinks she is the greatest. Oh, nice chasing, Toothless, jeered Fireworm. But why aren't you eating those rabbits after you catch them? My tummy gave a sad little rumble. Can't trick me, Fireworm, I retorted. Toothless not eating because he's going to beat you in tonight's contest. Fireworm's going to be toast tonight. You don't mean to say, Fireworm laughed, that you have allowed your master to ban you from eating. I never thought of you as a goody-goody, Toothless. I was furious. Toothless not a goody-goody, I said. Oh, but you are, purred Fireworm. All the other dragons have been eating. Why, Sea Slug and I captured a whole load of nano-dragons and had a real feast this morning. Ooh, those nano-dragons were so tasty. I could feel my mouth beginning to water. Nano-dragons are a species of tiny little dragons about the size of insects, and they are a real treat for us larger dragons. I know... Any humans reading this are a bit squeamish about us dragons eating other dragons. This is most unfair. Nano-dragons are an entirely different species to us hunting dragons, as different as a human is to a chicken. And you humans eat chicken, don't you? There you are then. There is absolutely no difference between you humans eating chicken and us eating scrumptious, wriggly little nano-dragons. Were, were they the, 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 the c- 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 crunchy kind? I asked. No, they were the ones with the soft centres that melt in the mouth, replied Firewarm, licking her lips. We ate so many, we had to put some in a barrel in the old wrecked ship to save them for later. But of course, that wouldn't interest a goody-goody like you. Firewarm laughed nastily and slunk away into the ferns. I waited till she was out of earshot and then I shouted out, Snob! And then I flapped over to the direction of the old wrecked ship. And there I found the barrel that Farwan was talking about and I'm ashamed to say I ate every single one of those nano-dragons. And they were yummy. I ate so many I couldn't even fly home. I had to walk back groaning and it took me several tries to climb up onto my favourite spot in Hiccup's bed. Once I had managed it, I fell immediately into a deep sleep. That was where Hiccup had found me four hours later and stuffed me into his shirt to take me to the night hunting competition. That was the bad thing that had happened this afternoon. Chapter 5. Everything goes wrong. As soon as I had remembered what had happened, I could feel that nano-dragon feast weighing down my stomach. I felt a little sick. I had been tricked. From the look of her, flying around like a buzzard that had drunk a lot of coffee, 
fireworm hadn't eaten anything that day at all. She had tricked me. What happened this afternoon, Toothless? My master Hiccup asked me again sternly. I couldn't quite meet his eye and shuffled down his arm, shrugging my shoulders. Nothing, I said. Hiccup looked relieved. OK, then, he said, getting excited. Come, come on, let's get going. We've got a bit of work to do to catch up with Fireworm and Snotloud. Now, Toothless, just hunt like you've been hunting for the past two weeks and we should beat them, no problem. Keep the boat steady there, Fishlegs. Fishlegs swung the hopeful puffin round a bit. It was really getting dark now. You could just see the five other boats around us in the bay. The other dragons were climbing high, high into the air and then diving down into the water to catch the fish. Ready, steady, go, said Hiccup, and he quickly raised the arm that I was standing on. This was supposed to be the signal for me to throw myself into the air. But nothing happened. Oh, I tried, all right, flapping my wings, struggling to lift off, but that weight in my stomach just would not let me fly. There I was, batting those wings up and down, still stuck like a limpet to Hiccup's arm. This isn't the time for mucking about, Toothless, said Hiccup sharply, and he repeated, ready, steady, go! This time, with a lot of work, I did actually make it off his arm and into the air. I rose about a foot or so, flapping desperately, and then sank like a stone, hitting the deck of the hopeful puffin with a nasty thud. Toothless, cried Hiccup, very worried now. What's the matter? Are you all right? What's wrong with you? I rolled around the deck, groaning and holding my belly. Hiccup picked me up. What's wrong? he asked again. I hung my head and covered my eyes with my wings. In a very muffled voice, I told Hiccup what had happened that afternoon. Sorry, I said miserably. I didn't dare look at him. Never mind, Toothless, said Hiccup, sighing heavily. What can you do if people are going to cheat? At that moment, Fireworm came sailing over and perched on the mast. Flying problems, little mongrel, she sneered. Well, if you will be such a greedy little pig and gorge yourselves on nanodragons on a hunting day. Oh, buzz off, Fireworm, you big red cheat, snapped Hiccup crossly. What's happening? asked Fishlegs, who didn't understand Dragonese, so he wasn't sure what was going on. Hiccup explained. Maybe Horikow could catch us some fish, said Fishlegs, turning desperately to his own dragon. Horikow was sitting singing to herself on one of the benches like a small, peaceful, brown and white cow. Well, you know, boys, she said cosily, of course, I'll do my best, but I am a vegetarian, you know, and hunting isn't my strong point. She got slowly to her feet and flapped off, still singing. Oh, for Thor's sake, cried Fishlegs. This is terrible. Hiccup tried to cheer him up. Oh, come on, Fishlegs. It's not that bad. Not that bad, said Fishlegs. Not that bad. How could it be worse? He was so cross, he got to his feet and glared furiously at the heavens. You answer me, Thor and Woden, he shouted at the sky above, shaking his fist. It's so unfair. Why do you always let the bad guys win? Why do we always end up in the dragon toilets? And how, oh how, could this be worse? And then the lights went out. Chapter six. In the dark. It was a black moment. The sun had gone down and we were floating in total darkness. All around us were the cries and shrieks of triumph from the other boys and dragons. 
almost drowned out by this racket. We could just hear the friendly, polite voice of Horror Cow calling, Cooey, you guys, where are you? I think I might have found one. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sea Slug. Did I bump into you? I do apologise. Meanwhile, Snotlight's yells were the loudest of all as he bellowed at Farworm, Go for it, Farworm! Slice them! Fang them! Tear them to bits! That's the way! You're beating everyone else by miles! Kill, Farworm! Kill! He was almost as loud as Gobber himself, and in that bad, bad moment, you could begin to imagine Snotlout as the next chief of the hairy hooligans. And then, in the darkness, you suddenly started to remember all those scary monsters that live in the oceans beneath you. They were always there, of course, but somehow in the daylight they didn't seem so terrible. Sea dragons, moaned Fishlegs in the darkness. There could be sea dragons underneath us. Try and imagine a dragon the size of a mountain. A great evil glistening mountain with a ravenous appetite and no heart at all. And then you'll have imagined a sea dragon. Or even shark worms groaned fish legs. Sharkworms were dragons that looked remarkably like hammerhead sharks, except that they had legs, of course, being dragons, and therefore they could actually climb aboard your ship to get you. Oh, what about dark breathers, fish legs panicked. There are loads of dark breathers in the inner aisles. We could bump into a dark breather. Dark breathers were bloodsuckers that swam up from the bottom of the ocean like vampires and dragged unlucky Vikings down to the depths where they could do their bloodsucking in peace and quiet. But all in all, even thinking about these horrors didn't seem as awful as listening to Snotlout's smug yelling. We're going to be the most promising hunters these islands have ever seen. I'm going to be the greatest chief the hooligans have ever had. Curl, Farworm, curl! And there I was, lying with a bad stomachache on the edge of the deck, feeling so sad that I'd let everybody down, when a very strange thing happened. A very strange thing indeed. Chapter 7. The strange thing that happened. The strange thing that happened was that my stomach began to glow. It gave me a huge shock. First there was this little flicker inside and then it got brighter and brighter, just exactly as if there was a light burning deep down in my belly. I was so frightened I ran up and down the ship shrieking horribly because I thought perhaps I was on fire. I mean, what would you do if your tummy suddenly lit up like a bonfire? Then my master Hiccup began to laugh. Toothless, he said, what kind of nano-dragons were you pigging out on this afternoon? They weren't glowworms by any chance, were they? I stopped running. Toothless, not, not notice, I said, but I breathed a huge sigh of relief. Now I came to think of it, they might easily have been glowworms. Glowworms are a curious type of narrow dragon that look grey and boring in the night time but light up like light bulbs in the dark. I had eaten a whole swarm of the creatures so now that it was night time they were lighting up inside me, turning me into a little dragon candle. Hiccup and Fishlegs laugh like anything when they realise what was happening. You must have eaten a lot of those glowworms, said Hiccup. <laughs> I said grumpily. And then Fishlegs stopped laughing. Look, he said, pointing. I was perching on the rim of the boat with my stomach sending out light into the darkness and in the sea on the other side you could just see little dark shapes gathering. They were fish, 
swimming towards the light my belly was giving out. You may not know this about fish, but they are often drawn towards a light. And in this case, there were not just one or two fish either. By complete chance, my belly, shining like a torch, had attracted an entire shoal of mackerel. Quick, yelled Fishlegs, let's get them aboard! So that is what they began to do, scooping the fish out of the sea, first with their helmets and then with an old fishing net that was bundled up under one of the seats of the hopeful puffin. You may not believe this, for if it hadn't happened to me, I'm not sure I would even believe it myself. All I can say is the truth is often stranger than stories. Now it wasn't so much a question of me finding the fish as the fish finding me. I'd never found hunting so easy in my life. I just hung over the edge of the boat with my stomach shining and the fish swam up in their many millions and practically threw themselves on deck. Fishlegs and Hiccup just had to put the net in the water and a minute later it was heaving with a squirming mass of shiny, fat fish. Within a quarter of an hour, the deck of the hopeful puffin was knee-deep in mackerel. Fishlegs was so delighted he was hopping from one foot to the other in excitement. We're going to win, he said. I just do not believe it. For once in our lives, we're actually going to win. We're going to beat Snotloud. Fate is on our side and we're going to be the heroes this time. Hiccup was so happy he turned quite white and his freckles all stood out. I don't believe it, he said slowly. It seems too good to be true. It was too good to be true. For it wasn't only mackerel that were being attracted by the light on the hopeful puffin. Something very large and sinister was swimming slowly up from the deep waters beneath. Chapter 8. The Dark Breather A dark breather is a dragon that lives way down on the seabed in a darkness so deep that the blackness enters its soul, if it ever had a soul. They have truly terrible jaws that are bristling with jagged fangs and seem way too large for their snake-like bodies. They lie for hours with their mouths wide open, waiting for the stupid fish to wander in, thinking they're entering an underwater cave. Dark breathers cannot survive for long on the surface. Too much oxygen poisons them. However, their longing for the light and their ravenous hunger draw them upwards anyway and they often snatch Viking fishermen who are leaning out to pull in their nets and drag them down to the bottom to drink their blood in peace and quiet. On this occasion, it was me the dark breather was after. One second, I was peacefully leaning out, my belly shining like a star, gloating about how I was going to be named the best hunter and thinking of the stupid look on Fireworm's face when she found out. The next, this creature burst out of the water, its jaws wide open like a great white shark, scattering mackerel in all directions. I was off the side of that boat and into Hiccup's arms like a streak of lightning. The creature's jaws closed on thin air and a tiny chunk of the hopeful puffin's wooden rims and the great monster collapsed into the sea again, sending a wave of water over the side that drenched the three of us. Screamed Hiccup and Fishlegs and I. Fishlegs made a grab for the sail and started to pull it up the mast. The dark breather carried on past us, moving in the same twisting, slithering fashion that a snake moves across the sand. It was already, however, beginning to turn round towards the boat again, slowly, because dark breathers don't like to use up too much energy. But it will still be able to outrun us, I heard Hiccup whisper almost to himself. I could see Hiccup thinking fast. 
My master may not be as tough and as muscly as the other Vikings, but he's a lot smarter. Halt, Dark Breather! He yelled at the creature in Dragonese. The Dark Breather stopped for a moment, very surprised that a human could speak the Dragonese language, and then it carried on, easily catching us up and swimming alongside. I caught my breath. The animal was at least three times as long as the hopeful puffin, and it was horribly ugly. When it spoke back to us, it was in a voice so ghastly and wheezy that it was as if it was coming from the corpse of itself. It was a voice of terrible despair that came from centuries of living in the dark with no hope, no colour, no warmth, no love. Give me the star, it rasped. I will leave you alone if you give me the star. I gave a yelp as I realised the dark breather was talking about me. This isn't a star, replied Hiccup, my master. This is just a greedy little dragon who has eaten glowworms for lunch. He will no longer be light in the morning. But the dark breather did not hear or did not want to understand. Give me the star! It repeated with dreadful sadness. No, said Hiccup, I will not give him up. Hiccup tried to hide me underneath his shirt, but the light inside me still shone out. If you want him, said Hiccup, you will have to swallow the boat. All right then, said the dark breather, I will. And the monster disappeared underneath the waves. There was silence for a moment. The wind had really caught the sails of the hopeful puffin now, and we were skimming along quite fast. Without realising, however, we had drifted a long way from the beach, and Gobber's bonfire was only a pinprick in the distance. Where, where's it, it gone? asked Fishlegs in terror. What, what, what did you say to it? I told it, said Hiccup, that if it wanted Toothless, it would have to swallow the boat. What did you say that for? shrieked Fishlegs. Because I don't think it can do it, answered Hiccup. Curled up tight against his chest with my eyes closed, I could feel him shivering. And I wanted the dark breather to try that, rather than hold the boat, for example. That way we definitely die. This way we only maybe die. Oh, great, moaned Fishlegs. Oh, that's marvellous, that is. Anyway, it seems to have gone, said Hiccup. I peered out from under Hiccup's shirt. Hiccup seemed to be right. We were getting closer to the beach. Gobber's bonfire looked brighter and larger. Ahead of us, we could just see the dark shapes of the boats of the other boys coming into land. All around us, the beams from my belly shone on calm, shimmering waters. And then... About a hundred yards behind us, the mouth of the beast reared up. It was so extraordinary, for the creature was not so much bigger than the hopeful puffin itself, but it could open its jaws so incredibly wide, it just did not seem physically possible. Hiccup's mouth fell open also. That's amazing, he murmured. Dark breathers must have jaws like a snake. Don't go banging on about jaws now, screamed Hirish Legs. What are we going to do? There's nothing we can do, said Hiccup. Now, I want you to imagine the sheer scariness of the situation we found ourselves in. There we were, in our boat, in the middle of the ocean, and behind us there was this enormous mouth, nearly as big as the boat. We were sailing quite fast, but the mouth was moving even faster. It was still some way behind us, but it was getting nearer and nearer. It's catching up, screamed Fishlegs. It was catching up. Nearer and nearer and nearer it came, like an appalling moving cavern, until it was so close behind us we could smell the cold, dead fish stink of its breath on our necks. Fishlegs and Hiccup were both screaming now and desperately paddling to make the poor old hopeful puffin go faster. 
Hiccup looked over his shoulder. I still don't think that mouth is quite big enough to swallow us. I looked too. Terrifying as it was, a great yawning cave of death, edged with a twisted mess of razor-sharp teeth, the mouth was not quite as high as the mast of the hopeful puffin. But then there was a ghastly click as the jaws stretched just a little bit wider, and to my utter horror, the mouth moved under and over us and took us in. Nine. In the mouth of the dark breather. It took us in whole, and the jaws began to shut. I closed my eyes, for I did not want to see the terrible teeth closing in front of me, shutting out the world forever. But then there was an awful shudder, like an earthquake, and another, and I opened my eyes again. And the jaws were still wide open, but the dark breather that held us was screaming and jerking and bucking and lashing like a fish out of water. Hiccup and Fishlegs had to hold on tight so as not to be thrown out of the boat. And eventually all was deathly still. There we were, the boat still jammed absolutely tight in the mouth of the dark breather, but the creature itself was as dead as a stone. What happened? asked Fishlegs shakily. Hiccup peered upwards. I think the mast of the boat might have been just too big for it. It may have pierced through the roof of its mouth and into its brain. That's amazingly lucky, because a dark breather's brain is particularly small. Oh, thank Thor, breathed Fishlegs. Thank Thor and Woden and Freya and Loki and pretty much everybody, really. We're alive! And tomorrow, I swear, I'm giving up being a Viking. There must be a better way to make a living. Looking after sheep or playing a musical instrument or making things out of raffia or something. Now, let's get back to the beach before I die of the smell of this creature's breath. This was easier said than done. For the hopeful Puffin was stuck so tight in the mouth of the dark breather that we could not work her free. So Hiccup and Fishlegs had to lean out of the front of the boat and the mouth, being very careful not to cut themselves and the dark breather's teeth, and paddle this strange combination of boat-inside creature towards the beach. Which was hard going, before Horikow came flapping up and lent a hand, or rather a wing, by towing us with a rope made out of an old fishing net. She hadn't found any fish at all, so it was a good thing that we still had that vast pile of mackerel that my belly had caught for us. Chapter 10. A Viking never, ever gets frightened. In fact, in the end, it was all worth it. Firstly, as we just about reached the beach, we bumped into Snotlout and Dogsworth the Durbrain, using the last few minutes of the hour to get Fireworm and Sea Slug to catch more fish. It was such a pleasure to see the pure terror on their faces as we loomed up behind them. We must have been a ghastly sight, an awful monster with jaws wide open and me glowing weirdly in the heart of it. Fireworm screamed, Snotlout turned as white as a piece of paper and Dog's Breath wobbled with fear like a big red jellyfish. They were all so frightened that in their yelling and scrambling to get out of the way, they managed to overturn their boat, the Sparrowhawk, and they and all of their fish tumbled into the sea. That was good enough in itself. But then Gobber was waiting with the other boys in front of his bonfire. As Horikow pulled us up onto the beach, Hiccup and Fishlegs still paddling madly, the last little glow in my belly began to flicker on and off. And when Gobber looked up to see this terrible sight landing on his beach in the darkness, he too turned an awful green colour. Gobber! 
wasn't afraid of monsters or dragons or storms or rival warriors with axes or pretty much anything, really. But the one thing he was afraid of was ghosts. And we did look rather like the ghost of some long-dead creature with the light in my tummy flickering spookily. Ooh, it did my heart good to see gigantic bossy gobber shrinking and shivering and falling to his knees and calling out in a thin little voice that trembled, Who's there? And Hiccup, my master, decided to teach him a lesson. I am the ghost of that creature you killed ten years ago, Hiccup called out. The walls of the dark breather's mouth made Hiccup's voice echo in the most satisfactory ghostly fashion. I have come to revenge myself on you, Gobber the Belch, and the whole of the rest of the tribe of the hairy hooligans. Well, may you tremble, for I shall make you suffer. Behind Gobber, the six tough young thugs, Clueless and Sharpknife and Warthog and everybody didn't look so tough anymore. They also fell to their knees. Have mercy, ghost! begged Gobber, clasping his hands together and starting to sob. I didn't mean to kill you. I'm so clumsy my hand must have slipped. Oh, help me, Mummy, help me. Just kidding, said Hiccup, hopping out of the rope and over the grim lips of the monster. It is I, Hiccup Redis Hallett the Third, who one day will be your chief. Hiccup strolled over to where Gobber was kneeling and looked his teacher straight in the eye. And as you can see, Gobber, said Hiccup sternly, it is not true that a Viking never, ever gets frightened. Everybody, and I mean everybody, is frightened of something. Chapter 11. The End. There was an awful silence. Nobody had ever dared to speak to Gobber in this way before. I held my breath and the last dim little blaze of light in my belly went out entirely. The expression on Gobber's face changed from fear to embarrassment to rage. He staggered to his feet, his brow like thunder, his fists clenched. And just as he was about to roar at Hiccup, something about the royal way the boy was looking at him made Gobber stop. And instead of being angry to everyone's astonishment, Gobber's great shoulders heaved and his mouth twitched and Gobber threw back his head and laughed. Ha 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 ha! Bellowed Gobber. Oh, you had me there, Hiccup, you had me there. Ghost of something I killed indeed. And everybody else began to laugh too. In between gasps of laughter, Gobber went over to the hopeful puffin still caught in the jaws of the dead dark breather. He admired the great heap of fish on the deck. It looks like Hiccup and Fishlegs are the winners of the hunting competition, boomed Gobber the Belch. Three cheers for Hiccup and Fishlegs. The boys were just in the middle of cheering for Hiccup when Snotlout and Dogsbreath staggered out of the sea, having swum to shore. You're late, glowered Gobber. And where is your boat and your fish? <coughs> the boat turned over, muttered Snotlout. The boat turned over, boomed Gobber. And you call yourselves Vikings? It looks like we've found the losers of our hunting competition. Snotlout and Dogsbreath and Durbrain will be mucking out the dragon toilets for the next three weeks. Snotlout groaned, and Farworm and Sea Slug stuck their tails between their legs and whimpered. Dog's Breath nearly cried. It was the perfect end to a day that had turned out fairly perfect after all. The boys began to rush about getting things ready for a midnight barbecue of all those fish we'd caught. Altogether, with Gobber's help, they managed to release the hopeful puffin from the jaws of the dark breather. Her mast was slightly bent, but that it had always been a bit wonky anyway. 
I had finally digested my meal of glowworms, and so at last I was hungry again and could do some victory somersaults in the air, and even more importantly, look forward to a nice big mackerel supper. And it was only I who heard Gobber mutter to himself during the cheering, Hiccup was right. Everybody is frightened of something. Perhaps that boy will be chief of this tribe one day, after all. For more great downloads, go to theguardian.com slash audio.